Warning, this podcast contains adult content, including frank descriptions of sex, and lots and lots of swear words. Enjoy. He fucks her slow like that for a while, and Nina feels everything, existing in this moment like a girl whose entire goal in life had been to have sex with this man. With each further thrust of his cock, her pain is overwhelmed by pleasure and need. The hair of his chest brushes against her breasts, her nipples hard and sensitive, just one more part of her body that's taking him in like a drug. Claire. Neil. Steamy, steamy. Steamy, steamy. Um, we'll get into it. I was, God, uh, I have things <laughs> to say about that, but we'll get into it later because that's the whole <laughs> point of this. Um, I just, just the word engorged is used. Mm-hmm. The word mm-hmm. disengaged is used. Anyway, um, Claire. Yes. We need to do our podcast. <gasps> oh. Oh, that's right. We do a podcast. Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Claire. And this is FMK Lit. Where we read two romance novels. A straight one and a queer one. And then we play Fuck, Mary Kill with the characters. We certainly do. Also, all the spoilers. We're going to serve up the spoilers on a silver platter for you. Uh, this is fun. I love when we like tie it to the theme. Um, <laughs> so if you don't mind spoilers, and we're not we're not talking like little hors d'oeuvre spoilers. We are talking like main course, full buffet spoilers. Then just absolutely uh, send this podcast back to the kitchen to cook for a little bit longer, and go to the, your local bodega and order the books themselves because you will find them dusty on a shelf. <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't expire for five years. How is it so dusty? <laughs> um, Don't worry, there's a cat sitting on it. <laughs> Um, so yeah if you don't enjoy spoilers just go read the books and come back if you don't mind spoilers hey we got them for you yeah we've got them on order (laughs) we have a line of chefs that's us (laughs) and some cocktail I don't know if you can hear my cocktails anyway Claire you now that we've belabored the 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 (laughs) references you picked the theme what was it i did it was servers yeah and like people who serve not like computer rooms they get really hot correct although (laughs) do do you see how how well i know technology service yeah computer rooms they get really hot (laughs) perfect perfect that is correct though we did servers and uh the books we read were best served a transgender romance by cammy cates and Greek Tycoon Waitress Wife, Bedded by Blackmail, Book 11 by Julia James. Those are both good names. Yeah, I mean, Julia James, Cammy Cates. Yeah. Author names. Yeah. Cammy Cates is like, to me, sounds like, um, like your friend's really quirky aunt that you meet. And you're like, oh, hey, Mrs. Sunset. She's like, oh, no, call me Cammy Cates. <laughs> And then no, it's like no, a weird no. Kamikamikate. It's like a weird cross between um 
maim and like uh i don't know a heist film it's it's a cross between maim and like to catch a cat thief <laughs> to catch a cat thief <laughs> what's the name of that movie right <laughs> to catch a thief whatever i've had two sips of a cocktail i'm gone <laughs> I'm Whatever. Sure named a movie in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Six movies all at once. <laughs> and it's like to catch a predator, but for thieves. <laughs> why, why, why don't you sit down? Why don't you sit down? It's like you're trying to do like, you know, like catcher in the rye, kill a mockingbird, and like, <laughs> like thieves all at the same time. Like, it's very they, angsty. Whatever's happening, they come in with the fake art, fake artwork, and they're like, "Oh, you said you, you said you were a dealer. You said you were 18." <laughs> anyway, before we talk about these books, Claire, uh-huh. yeah. what has got you hot and bothered? Okay, well. I'm laughing too hard. (laughs) We hate laughter here. Well, the the news is very sad. Uh, Oh, stop it. Dame Edna has died today. Oh, yes. I read that. Yeah. Um, So sad. And, uh, like, yeah. I like, I talk about icon. Talk about somebody who paved the way. (laughs) Like, I mean, took her privilege and fucking ran with it. Mm -hmm. And that's the kind of privilege that like opens doors for other people. Um, yeah. It's hard one and it's, it's difficult, but it's important. And so I think like, just to just take a moment to like look up Dame Edna and all of like the crazy things that she got up to, <laughs> but that's not my actual hot and bothered. Okay. My actual hot and bothered is, um, is a technology called, Perifit. And Perifit is to strengthen your pelvic floor with games. This is uh-huh. um, a thing you stick up your woohoo-hoo. <laughs> and <laughs> your then you play swap. games on your phone with it. It's like. <laughs> oh. Oh. So is it like, it's like a bop it that you put in your chocha and then that's the controller for the games? Yeah. Squeeze it. Twist it. Squeeze it. it. It's a Crunch squeeze it. it. Twist it. Pop, Pop it. it. <laughs> Get those kegels moving, girls. <laughs> Ooh, goodness. <laughs> yeah. So it's like a joystick. You stick up your joy place. <laughs> <laughs> and then you do play video games with it. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, you know, if they invented something where like someone with a dick could just fuck it and that would control the games that it would make so much money. See, now the thing is like, I actually did want to refer to uh, where the placement of this was as a hoo-ha, hit-a-ha, hee-hee, whatever you want to call it. Your ha-ha, in part because like there are two holes down there for some of us and there's lots of holes, there's holes down there for reasons for lots of people. And I don't know, this could be good for lots of people. to play video games with. And all I kept thinking was, there's got to be a way to hack this thing so you could also play like Mario Brothers. <laughs> like the games they've got on it are like simple and are all about like strengthening, you know, your Kegel muscles and your pelvic floor. But honestly, 
I want, like, if I could walk into a room and take over, like, a game system and, like, like first-person shooter my way by just Kegel crunches, uh-huh. man. <laughs> so, not if I was doing... I'm looking at the website right now. Talking about... So, you could, you could put this up your butt, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. They keep... They, they say Kegel... Public floor trainer. No, I'm pretty sure you could. Yeah. Listen, we all need to pay more attention to our uh, public floors. Also, Parafit is a French company based in Paris. Ooh la la. Ooh, ooh la la. <laughs> um, yeah, you could easily just put this in your butt. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. Anyway, it's interesting. I'm not going to get it. Um <laughs> what if we do it for a patreon episode i desperately want somebody to hack into this and play mario with it (laughs) yeah because it's just moving and jumping Uh, anyway yes what has got you hot and bothered so um i've been busy but then, of course, when I don't have the time for it is is when I'm like, I should be writing. Mm-hmm. And I've been thinking about a project that I want to get back to. Um, and uh, so I've been daydreaming about that. And then I found a collection of funny tweets about being a writer <laughs> uh, that I'd like to share some of those with you. Uh, so Yay! writer Alexander Pennington, whom I do not know, and my very basic research could not pull up anything that they have written so if they are crazy and bad i don't know that yet so i'm gonna laugh at these things because i don't know what they are like as a person or the sorts of things that they write but here are some tweets being a writer means having a story you want the whole world to read except everyone who knows you (laughs) yes (laughs) um Writers defending their story after receiving a minor criticism, and it's a picture of a possum in a trash can saying, don't touch my garbage. (laughs) Yeah, I want that as a (laughs) t-shirt. A group of writers is called a procrastination. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Um, Writers spend more time on baby name websites than expecting parents. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. Things that give writers anxiety Writing Not writing <laughs> Being asked how our writing is going Accidentally talking to our characters in public And getting weird looks Having our characters talk back to us Realizing we didn't hit save before closing a word doc Life uh, in general Man that's why I've not worked in a word doc for a long time I know And then this is Probably there are there are more, but I don't want to take up too much time. But I think that this is my absolute favorite. Buying books and actually reading books are two completely separate hobbies. <laughs> Facts. Facts. I feel seen right now. I feel because, seen. A little violated. <laughs> I oh, especially oh my god, uh at work, because we share the building with this like art collective. There's a free table that I walk past on my way to check the mail. And there's all there. I, there's been books on there that I just take. Do I need them? No. 
have I found room for them? Yes, by taking over parts of common spaces in my apartment. Do I need them? Anyway. But yeah, that's what's got me hot and bothered. <laughs> Writing, you know. It's yeah. hard. I Okay, I, all yeah. this to say, like, I bring this up because I know we, like, shit on some of our writers. Writing is hard. And I understand that. And I don't... There are very few of the writers that we have read that I begrudge them for having written a book yeah. at all. It's very few. Everyone else, even if I don't like it, I'm just like, you wrote a book. That's really hard. That's something you should be proud of. And I hope our writers are. And I hope that they cash our checks and and cash our checks. I mean, deposit the money we spent on Amazon and, and they laugh at us. But I just, I know it's hard. I know, I know. I know it's hard, but we do it anyway. <laughs> All this to say is, writers, we know. We know it's hard. We get it. We get it. We get it. But that's not going to stop us from being catty. <laughs> and now let's talk about books. <laughs> <laughs> and now let's provide unsolicited opinions about other people's art. <laughs> Best Served, A Transgender Romance by Cami Cates. At 20, and nearly a year after, a year and a half after her gender confirmation surgery, Nina Vaughn's life seems to be on track. She's beautiful, intelligent, and working her way towards a degree in law. But when a hot guy starts flirt, flirting with her at the cafe she works in, it only reminds her of the complexity of dating as a trans woman. As she's still, as she's still feeling the sparks of attraction for a tall, brawny man, a frantic call from her mother puts her in distress, serving to remind her of the, of the anger she feels at her estranged father. Trevor Lawrence has made his way back to Seattle to start anew and to get his job back at the Seattle Fire Department while leaving his failed marriage behind in LA. The last thing he's ready for is another long-term relationship or love that or the love that could follow. But when he meets a beautiful young waitress at a cafe, he can't get her out of his head. When there's an opportunity to help her, he jumps at the chance, even after she informs him that she's been she's started her life out as a boy. The relationship between Trevor and Nina quickly heats up, but the more entangled they become, the more problems and insecurities they'll face. Ones they'll have to encounter if they want their union to last. Best Served may be read as a standalone with some crossover with characters from A Girl Like Her, which is hilarious and I cannot wait to talk about that part. <laughs> anyway, was that the book? That was longer than the book. I'm sorry, and I did not read it well either. Oh God. Okay. I mean, that's 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 pretty pretty much it. Okay. Yeah. So the book starts with um Nina, who is in high school and has begun uh, transitioning, uh, being sat down. She she has two older brothers who are off at college. She's the last one left in the house, and it starts at the very beginning her parents sit her down and like we're getting a divorce it's just like oh that's shitty i feel bad and then she goes up to her room right when her friend kenzie calls her her bestie and kenzie's like i'm so fucking pissed off and he's like oh my god why and she like instantly goes into i'm upset but i need to take care of my friend moment and i was like oh this is a really 
good example of show don't tell except that that personality trait never showed up ever again never. in the rest of the book um and kenzie's like have they fucking told you yet and she's like who and she's nina's doing this mental gymnastics of like does she know that my parents are getting divorced turns out that kenzie's mom and nina's dad had an affair mm-hmm. and that they're getting married right now right now <laughs> so so then Nina's like, our relationship is going to change. I'm like, yeah, now you two are stepsisters and you're already besties and you're both mad at the offending people. So like, surely this should like be good for you. No. And then we cut to several years later. They've had a falling out. The reasons behind it were very muddy to me. And Nina is in community college because she could have gotten into University of Washington. We're in Seattle, by the way. She could have gotten into University of Washington, but her the through the divorce, uh, there was not a lot of money left, and then the dad took money for her college and spent it on a new house and new cars for his new wife and stepdaughter. Right, but importantly, not just her college. Her transition. No, 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 no. This is the, the dad the for the other one. Uh, the gender confirmation surgery. No, 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 no. The dad spent the money that way the mom took out a loan right but no the dad was supposed to pay for the gender confirmation surgery. sure oh yeah sure because he's an <laughs> asshole anyway so the mom took out a loan uh and then apparently she gets this happens a little bit later i'm gonna say these things a little bit out of order but she gets a friend nina gets a phone call from her mom she's like everything's due at the end of the month it must have been in the fine print and i'm like i don't think the due date for the loan is ever in the fine print but never in the fine print what do i know um so meanwhile nina's been flirting okay so kenzie's dad steve is a regular at the cafe Mm -hmm. and then through him nina meets a friend of his trevor who they flirt right away and then there's a point where nina (laughs) is talking to her friend leanne and leanne's basically like well you know what i do if i need a little extra money and i have to say up front i do not call it prostitution (laughs) it is nobody's business you just get some sugar daddies and that's it and Nina's like, well, I'm trans, so that's going to be a problem. And Leanne, who is very good-hearted but very ill-informed, is just like, yeah, but you're hot. Or, like, just tell them it'll be fine or whatever. Um, and then Trevor overhears this, decides to pay off the loan because he thinks that Nina's hot. And he has money out of his... He is recently divorced and selling the house in San Diego left him with some money, which I do believe. Mm-hmm. Um so he decides to just pay off the loan. And then there's this thing where it's like, oh, well, you know, like, I want to hang out with you and I really want to, like, fuck you, but, like, don't feel pressured. Like, I'm not buying you with this loan. And so there's sort of, like, hints of that that's what the relationship was going to be. This sort of, like, do I feel obligated or am I actually interested in him? And, like, especially since we just had this conversation about sugar daddies, I'm like, okay, that's where this book is going. And, like, I'm sure it's going to be icky, but at least it'll be interesting. No. No. No, and it was it was very weird because I I thought that they would, like, set up boundaries right away because the main character seemed to be smart and knowledgeable and mm-hmm. talk about those kinds of things and was tr- was working on being a lawyer so i thought for sure she was going to set up some very defined boundaries like um i can you know i'm gonna get the money up front but like 
it's only hanging out. If I if I decide to have sex, that's not part of the deal. I can also have sex or not have sex with you as much as I want. And then like this hanging out period only lasts for three months. After that, any hanging out we do is for funsies and we're no longer bound by any sort of contract. I thought for sure that was gonna happen. But we even skip. we skipped over, like she tells him to go away to really think about it, which I think was why she's like, hey, I need this money bad, so I'm going to say yes. I need you to actually think about whether this is something you want to do, so you got to take a night and think about it. Skip to two weeks later, where she's just hanging out with him in his empty house, and he thought about it for two nights and said yes, and now we're just cool and we're going to start making out. I'm like, oh, what? There, shouldn't there be the... We're not going to do the awkward part where... No. no, we're skipping it. Skipping the whole it. thing, like paying off the loan didn't matter. At all. At all. At all. And then, so this is all by like maybe chapter five, and then nothing happens until chapter 19. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing happens. It's just them being domestic and like... Having a very normal relationship. Having a, ha, like <laughs> having very adult conversations about things. Chapter 14 is entirely bathtubbing. The whole chapters, and then they woke up, and then they had this for breakfast, and then they both went to work, and then they had this for lunch, and then they saw each other, and then they had sex that night. End of the chapter. That was the whole chapter. Nothing oh happened. Like, Nothing happened. Like, and it, and and it was just like, no, I don't like you know. And, but the funniest part was throughout this, every once in a while, Nina would be like, "And I'm gonna get revenge on my father. <laughs> and then, I'm gonna ruin then, my father's life." And just skip to like the next domestic nice scene where everything's yep. fine and i laughed so hard every time that came up i was like girl what the fuck you gonna do what the what you gonna do girl <laughs> like eventually and this is skipping ahead and i'll let you i'm gonna let you finish but um no, okay <laughs> So she's talking to her mom and her mom is like a therapist and her mom's like, you know, the best revenge is a well-lived life. And in her head, Nina's like, oh, fuck you, mom. Not even. <laughs> revenge is when they feel pain. Right. Oh, God. <laughs> Which, and it cracked me up because all of the rest of Nina's life is just very like, do you want some sugar with that coffee? And I'm just trying to get through my day. And I know a lot about trans rights. <laughs> Yeah. Also, something that I really appreciated about her, she took a moment that she's like, I have these big, gorgeous boobs that thank God hormones gave me because then I saved money on another surgery. <laughs> I thought that was good, too. I, yeah. I mean, I had some trouble with just like, you know, like, uh, you know, because we talk a lot about privilege in this book. Like, there's a lot mm -hmm. of privilege talk in this book, which is, I think, really good. Um, but there's a little, there's a lot of times where she doesn't really see her own privilege. Um, she kind of glosses at it, but like, doesn't, like, she gets into it a little bit, but it, it feels very prescriptive when she does. Like, yeah, she's like, I'm going to lecture somebody else right now about the fact that I have privilege, but I'm not yeah. actually going to think about that in moments when that might matter. Yeah. And then when she acknowledges it, it's nine times out of ten in her head and doesn't affect anything yeah it was very bizarre um anyway so nothing happens uh except there's one point where she runs into her dad with the new wife and kenzie and the the new wife monica's a bitch and she literally 
Like Monica's like It's unattractive When grown women Throw temper tantrums Oh my god That was fucking hilarious And Nina's like Fuck you Monica Yes (laughs) Thank you Yes Um, Yeah And then nothing Nothing happens For so much of this book It was so Oh So much of it It was just like It was such a slog in no small part because of some syntax stuff that I'm going to get into. Um, I'll, I'll save all that for later. But then, finally, the ex-wife shows up. Trevor's yes. ex-wife shows up. I don't know if we've even said Trevor's name. Trevor's ex-wife shows up. Because <laughs> he is so unimportant in this he's, book. <laughs> he's really unimportant in this book. Other he's so than unimportant. He... And just very quickly, I want to acknowledge something that's important. I think, like, in a... Uh... Being a trans person in this world right now is so fucking difficult. Y'all mm-hmm. just deserve a very nice, swim- simple love story where everybody just gets the fuck that they want. Like, yes. and you know what? I appreciate the hell out of this book for that. Trevor is the fantasy man who's going to come up and say yes to everything, be cool, grow as a person, be as domineering in just the right point so you can teach him a fun lesson and he'll learn from it. This is the fantasy everybody wants. It's great for that. And then beyond that, there's like the no plot problem. But Narratively, that's where it's not is. interesting. <laughs> yeah. So then um, the ex-wife shows up and like, so Nina comes home and the ex-wife like answers their, because they've moved in together at this point. The ex-wife answers the door in her towel and it's just like, hey, the fuck are yeah. Um, and then he, and then Trevor's like, oh my God, I know what this looks like. I promise nothing happened. She has like substance abuse issues. She's fallen off the wagon. She has hit bottom. She needed somewhere to go. I'm about to go check her into rehab. Like she is, she seems like she's experiencing homelessness. So she like needed food and a shower. And I swear that's it. And then Nina's like, but I thought that you like for a second, I thought you had slept with her. And he's like, no, I know that's really terrible. I'm really sorry. And then she leaves, Nina does. And then later it's like, oh, it's just because I'm so afraid of how much I love him. And it's just like, this was like kind of hinted at at certain points, but it never really affected anything. I never really felt that it was genuine. So the reason why, the reason why she left didn't have really anything to do with the ex-wife being there. So A, why was the ex-wife even there? And then B, why didn't it have anything to do with the ex-wife being there? Yeah. It was a whole thing. Anyway, so then we get to my absolute favorite part of the book, which is the last like 20%, uh-huh. like 15%, which is, oh my God, Nina's like, I'm going to, I'm going to fuck up my dad's life. So she chooses to confront her dad. She goes to his fancy new house, knocks on the door. She tried his office. He's, he's a doctor. He's a clinic. She tried there. He wasn't there. She goes to this fancy house. Monica answers and she's like, it's you know it's daytime and she's already wine drunk and she's like might as well come in and she like saunters off to the kitchen and she's like having a conversation with Nina where she that one she like tops off her glass and she's like I had to switch from red to white because there were too many spills yeah. and then she just like is just like I, like I I love this dynamic of someone who's like an absolute mess and completely miserable but just like so matter of fact about it like she goes and sits down and Nina's standing and is just like I don't know what to do and Monica's like sit down you're making me nervous do you want to hear about your father so basically we find out that Monica and her dad while they were each married hooked up once and the dad was like that was really shitty I'm still in love with my wife 
I don't want to do this. And then he he goes to Monica. He's like, this was a one-time thing. And then Monica's like, uh, <laughs> I wasn't going to let him get away with that. We're in a relationship and you need to leave your wife and take care of me or else I'm telling everyone everything. So she like blackmails him into like keeping her up. And then she's like, oh, and then Nina's like, but your house. And she's like, oh, we're broke. The the clinic's a money pit. We're not going to be able to afford the cars. We can't afford Kenzie's tuition payments. It's all a facade. Everything's <laughs> terrible. And she's just like so matter of fact about it. Sloshing wine all over. The, excuse me. Sloshing wine all, all over the couch. Just like this is am- this is everything I wanted. And then Nina's like, you know what? I'm going to tell everyone. I'm going to tell everyone everything. Because we've all been lying too much. And then and then Monica's like, grabs her. She's like, don't you tell anyone. I'm going to turn this place around. Just you watch. <laughs> and then she runs so away. Weird. And she's waiting for her car. And then Trevor shows up. And he gets out. And then they're talking. And he's like, I'm sorry. And she's like, I'm sorry. And then Monica tries to hit Nina with her car. And Trevor jumps in front and gets hit by the car. <laughs> so it's like this writer took all the good melodrama and threw it all into one chapter. Yes. All of it. Every oh. single inch of it went into that last bit. It was so good. Like, there was even a point, like, it, it like Monica says something, and Nina's response is like, oh, so you're broke and miserable. And Monica's like, yeah, do you feel better yet? And then she looks at her empty wine glass with disappointment. And I'm like, oh, that was beautiful. That was, oh, it's so juicy. Oh, so good. And then Nina, of course, is like, no. I thought I would enjoy this, but I don't. Everyone's already miserable. We are all unhappy for absolutely no reason. I'm moving on with my life. So good lesson to learn. Good for you, girl. And then Trevor gets hit by a car. Ah, so good. Um, Um, She gets the lesson finally that her mom was right. It's a best, a well-lived life is good revenge. Is good revenge. So that was, that was the plot. It, it, it could have been like 50 pages shorter than it was. It's like someone someone told this writer like oh you need to show the the happy before bad things start happening like you need to have the honeymoon period and the writer's like got it got it 50 percent of the book yeah <laughs> like yeah. no but other things need to be happening also also there's this point where like trevor suddenly has anger issues at like 70 percent into the book that are not handed at earlier and it becomes like a big problem like a big barrier to the relationship that never existed or was hinted at before it, a lot of people's motivations felt really muddy a lot of times the state of the relationship and what was keeping them from like just committing was really muddy um Kenzie's dad Steve comes out at one point and he's like that's why my wife was unhappy because I'm fucking gay yeah it's like okay sure I it it could have like, been so much more. It got like super soap opery near the end, and like all that soap opera stuff could have been happening. Like, if we'd extended out like some of the money issue things, like, yeah. well, you're always going to be like, like they never even talked about that afterwards. Like, yeah. it was not an important issue, even though that would be a huge issue. There's also a, the scene at the barbecue where it turns out that all of Trevor's coworkers, because Trevor's a fireman, all of Trevor's coworkers know that nina is trans but he doesn't know that they know so then like you know somebody like a well-intentioned woman says something that she shouldn't and then like the host gets drunk and then he like asks questions in the worst possible way and then trevor's like 
that was fucked up. And Nina's like, I know that they weren't trying to be mean. And then they find out that it's like Steve is the one who told people. And it's like, and Nina's like, oh, I'm sure it's because he was telling his coworkers, because Steve is a cop, was telling his co workers while I was transitioning because I was his daughter's best friend. Right. And then people like sort of put two and two together. And that's exactly what it was. So, like, none of that really mattered because it didn't affect Nina very much. Like, she, obviously, she was uncomfortable in the moment, but then after the fact, she's like, you know what? It was, everyone was well-intentioned, but they went about it the completely wrong way, and I'm fine with it. So it's like, then why do we need this? Why was this, what was this for? Other than to, like, start to hint at Trevor's anger, anger issues, that even though, like, the way he reacted was fairly reasonable. Like, he yelled at their host for, A, saying really inappropriate things, and B, like, grabbing Nina when she tried to turn away because he was drunk because his girlfriend had just broken up with him. It, it was... I don't know. Um, so I I need to talk about some structural stuff and some syntaxy things and the sex scenes. All right. <laughs> Which one do you want first? Um. Well, let's talk about some structure and then syntax and then sex. Okay. So structurally for them for the i just have one point and that is because this is a switched perspective book where every other chapter switches between um characters between trevor and nina and the there's this weird thing where like okay so in a switched perspective what happens a lot is at the start of the next chapter we get that character reflecting on something that happened in the previous chapter and we learn their feelings about it yeah either like a motivation that we weren't aware of or them being surprised about how much it affected them or anything like that and like it it's it's a little bit of a recap but it's mostly like oh here's new information from this character's point of view it like it's like that writer knew the first half of that lesson and there was so many it was like recaps of what happened in the previous chapter but we but didn't learn any new information they were exact they were sometimes word for word i, I know like there was like copy and pasting with just like pronouns changed right and it's like are you do you expect me to only read a chapter a week and to forget what has happened the 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 chapter before it did kind of feel like that yeah and but, i mean like sure sure and i understand that and just sort of like you know with books like these people either binge them or they just sort of like chip away at them as they feel like it so yeah sure it is good like if something big happened in the chapter before it's good to reference back to it but you also need to give us new information about something Not especially about that. how somebody feels like the two the voices of the two characters weren't in the end all that different and the longer yeah. the book went on the more they started to sound similar yeah they're both very kind forgiving like oh i, don't, I like, lied it wasn't switched perspective between the chapters it kind of did it as it felt like it yeah i mean it kind of it switched perspectives a little bit between chapters it did it a little bit as they as it felt like it i mean more in the next book it's just the more the next book was like whatever the hell yeah but this book tried a little bit harder to be and i don't chapter. i don't begrudge switching perspectives in the middle of a chapter but like it would be like something happened from one person's perspective and then we hear about it again in the next chapter from the other person's perspective, but like, tell me how they felt about it instead of just telling me what happened. I don't need to know what happened. I was there. I need the new information that I, I didn't need get the yeah. last time. So that was that. Okay. Syntax. Girl. Some of these sentences. <laughs> Goodness me. I'm going to read you some 
Christine, I think we just need to start calling this the Neil special. I'm going to read a bunch and you can decide which ones make it into the episode. So this is um, towards the beginning. This is Nina talking to Leanne, uh, who all she wants to do is get fucked, which, you know, she's 20. Good for her. Do it, girl. So, and I don't even remember who's talking, but I do. So maybe just stick with the college guys and leave the older ones alone. She says, of whom there is a plentiful supply, the cafe close to two universities and a community college, the latter of which Nina's a student at. Try try and tell me what that sentence just said. <laughs> try and parse that out for me, please. Okay. Then we won't talk about them, he agrees. The valet driving his car up just then, jumping out and handing Trevor the keys, Trevor sliding him a generous tip in return. So much is going on. I know. He'd obviously been gutted by whatever had happened, and her chest starts to burn at the possibility his feelings for the woman have never truly gone away. So what are we doing exactly? Nina asks Trevor as he drives them away from the from their neighborhood, his earlier vagueness about their destination having made her more than a little suspicious about his intentions. <laughs> oh my God, this is, oh my God, this was great. So Monica is talking about how she met Steve because he was working security at a store where she was shoplifting. Oh my God. I, I feel like I read that. I read that paragraph five times. I was like, what? What happened? What happened? Do you even know how I met Steve? Nina shakes her head. Security at the liquidation store I just shoplifted a blouse and skirt from called him to scare me, but I wasn't scared. That was one sentence. It feels to me like someone told this writer, like, just like pack everything that you can into a single sentence. But here's here's my advice. Two simpler sentences are better <laughs> than one incomprehensible sentence. I... Also, when see, here's the thing, too, and like this is me being pedantic, and I totally understand that, but when you make your sentence too complicated, then you lose the structure of phrases and sentences, and you like put prepositions in weird places, or you end up using the wrong preposition for the phrase that you're trying to say. I mean, so, the simpler version of that sentence is, he was working security at a store I shoplifted at. Yeah. I didn't need any of the liquidation stuff. I didn't need any other security stuff. I didn't need anything else. Like, it's just this and, and like, this is, I was shoplifting. He was security. I know how they met now. <laughs> or use these sentences as a chance to paint a picture instead of just mm. saying what happened. Something like, oh, I was, I was at a liquidation store shoplifting an outfit because I had a job interview, but I didn't have money for the outfit. They caught, they caught me and called security on me, and he was standing there looking cute as hell, and he tried to scare me, but I didn't find him scary. Because then we know about we know how people felt about things. We, we learn details about the interaction other than the store at which I stole the blouse and the shirt called security to scare me, but they didn't scare me, end of sentence. Like, oh my God, it was so rough, some of these. Yeah, it was. Ugh, I just, listen... I've said it before and I'll say it again. I know I sound pedantic, but the point of sentence structures, syntax, grammar is to have a measure by which we can convey meaning. And if and and if you are like, you know, you don't know your difference between who and whom, but we still know what you're saying, I'm not going to get mad at you. Unless you try and be an asshole about stuff, then I'll call you out on it. 
But if you are putting sentences together that don't even make sense to me, then like, that's when I'm going to say something because I need to understand what you're saying to me instead of just throwing a bunch of thoughts together into one sentence. Yeah. Oh. Okay. So the sex and scenes. Sex. Um, because there was nothing else going on, they got in the way for me. Like they were, they were good. Everyone was having a good time, but it's like. We have a sex scene and then we went to Ikea and then we have another sex scene and then we had lunch and then we had another sex scene and it's just like the it was getting in the way. The funniest one for me was when, so they, they were having a sex scene and in this one, like it starts off the chapter. It starts off the chapter that he's fucking her from behind mm-hmm. and then they have sex and it's great. Everything's fine. They, you know, like they reassure each other. It's ha- They've had a good time. They go to Ikea or wherever it was you know some dumb thing happens that we can kind of hint that maybe other things will happen next chapter sex scene but it starts with he wasn't fucking her from behind but he was fucking her while they were laying down <laughs> i was like that the, is hilarious way to start the chapter <laughs> the, i had forgotten the sex scene from the previous chapter it's like he wasn't fucking her from behind but i was like who said he was what is happening <laughs> what is the Oh no. Uh, So, why didn't I get a recap about that? Never. Never. So, I will say I appreciated that um, this this author is trans or has a trans person in their life that they're very close with. Like, it felt like a very genuine experience. And I appreciated that it got into sort of like things that trans women who have had uh the surgery like that experience and how it changes sex for them and and like how sex is different for them than it is for cis women and like it got into that in a way that was like it um it it didn't feel didactic it wasn't like and then we talked about this it was like okay we're getting into this moment and nina hasn't been with a lot of guys and she's worried about this thing and then this is how it works out because obviously they're meant to be with each other and i did appreciate all of that but then it talked about how her most private areas were engorged and when he was done they uncoupled and i don't mean like like our goop queen uncoupled i mean like like train cars uncouple or he disengaged from her when he pulled his dick out of her and i was like why these words oh my god some of them were pretty cold and unfeeling and things like i also didn't need like i know i know that when sex is over a dude takes his penis out Mm -hmm. when that's what's happening I don't like I it, like this book made me feel like made me remember. Oh, I don't actually read about that a lot. <laughs> I don't yeah. actually need to know. <laughs> yeah, and like, but here's the thing: when we do, when we do see it, and it's like he pulled out of her, and then she suddenly like missed the fullness or whatever. Right. That's like okay, great. That's like that's great because one, it's like you know getting some of the paperwork out of the way but then also telling us how she feels about it right. and then those of us who get fucked like that is an experience that you're like oh that was great and i just want to like sit here with this but it's like no we gotta you know like get up and shower or whatever yeah. and then yeah, he pulls the out and you're like okay no i get it. oh damn okay i'll move on with my life i suppose great but it was just like he disengaged from her body click 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 beep 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 like it was crazy to me 
Also, Steve apolo- or uh, Trevor apologized to people, which I really appreciated. I appreciated that too. But what I didn't appreciate was five chapters of apologies. Like yeah. everybody was very sorry for a long time about all the things, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like this is like I'm really glad. I'm really glad we're adults having adult conversations, but like for fuck's sake, I just would really like to not hear the word I'm sorry for a little bit. I just want drama. I want stuff to happen. And again, like it just, the apologies didn't feel empty. They felt empty sometimes. They felt perfunctory. It felt like that's like, not even that it's part of the fantasy that we're getting apologized to for the horrible way the world is, but just like, I swear to God, it was five chapters, one after the other of like, first we have to get through the apologies for the party and how badly that went. And then we have to get through the apologies of like Steve and like all the things that he had said. And then we have to get through the apologies of Trevor and how he and Lily like, you know, fucked up with Nina's life. And then we have to get through the apologies that Nina kind of has for different things. Then we have to get through the apologies that other people has for Nina. And it was like, okay, like... Uh, this is stuff we could wrap some up <laughs> right and then some of the good juicy shit was like when steve came out and was like i'm gay and this is what's been motivating a lot of these things like it wasn't necessary yeah it didn't affect anything really no no it was and, like, crazy also they their their conversations were just like so bland and at one point it was like Nina was like she loves their banter I'm like no she doesn't that's not banter girl stop it also ooh sorry one last thing and then and then I'm I'm ready to move on the there's a tense shift the prologue is in uh past tense and the book is in present tense and I like it, it hurt my brain <laughs> when I went from the prologue to chapter 1 I was like oh what oh what okay just pick one I guess it hurt. Well, I mean, it kind of made sense to me. It made it feel like, oh, that was in the past, and now it's now. Well, then why isn't the why isn't the epilogue in the future? <laughs> well, now my brain hurts. <laughs> I don't know how to write future tense in a, in a novel. <laughs> <laughs> they hit present perfect tense. They will have found joy with each other, and they no, will have God, gotten married. I would fucking no. I like. I read that all the... Nope, absolutely not. That, oh, I would hate that. I'd hate it. I'd hate it. Was that that book? Yeah, that was Best Served a Transgender Romance by Cammie Cates. Excellent. Greek Tycoon Waitress Wife Bedded by Blackmail Book 11 by Julia James. Carrie Richards has stepped into the glittering life of Greek billionaire Alexis Nicolaides. Luxurious hotels, designer clothes, and rare jewels... And what they share in the bedroom is explosive, but the consequence of one night lead to a shocking end to Carrie's fairy tale. She discovers Alexius is not her prince charming box. He's a man who'll make her his, no matter what the cost. What the cost? And that is, that's what the book says. This is a nice brief back of a book. Claire. Oh my God, this book. Claire, what is this book about? Okay, so Alexius is shepherding a woman he's fucking in London to a gallery opening. He has been dating this woman for three months and he hates her. (laughs) But rather, I should say, he hates all women. He does not enjoy any of them. No. He's... 
openly angsty at them. He wants he they are fuck boxes. And <laughs> that's why there are boxes in the book description. Yes. It's to fuck. Like, you put your dicks in them. He literally says, "Ugh, I never let women take me on things like this. I was, I wanted to walk into the hotel room, find her in, in bed, so we could fuck, and I could go to sleep." And now that she's making demands plan. of me. It was interesting too because the he was talking about how she was just like yammering on at the yard opening, and how he found it so annoying. And it sounded like she was just like talking for the sake of hearing her own voice. But then we find out that her job is in the art world, yes! so she obviously knows what she's talking about he's like oh god this bitch won't shut up and the funny thing is he's not she's not actually talking to him no she's talking to other people (laughs) he's just there he's like my dick isn't wet i don't want to be here oh my god and then a beautiful waitress comes up with like cocktails and champagne and he's like now this lady she's hot and And then uh, and then the girl he's with is like rude to the wait staff i'm like that's why you break up with her yeah not because why. she's talking about something she knows about no because she's terrible to the wait staff um which makes the which makes the waitress like freaked out she's like not used to getting yelled at by rich people so she tries to like fix whatever the problem was runs into somebody spills a glass of orange juice on our gal and there's a part of me that's like why the fuck is there orange juice there i'm like oh they're in they're in the uk like who knows what they drink over there just like oh yeah it is 7 p.m i'll have an orange juice (laughs) yeah maybe it was a screwdriver maybe it was a squash someone ordered a squash (laughs) well if it was a screwdriver they would have said a vodka orange juice because they don't use they don't use the the free screwdriver over there oh so Anyway, so she spills it all over this lady. The lady freaks the fuck out. Um, uh, Alexius is like, "I'm out of here," and he just walks out. <laughs> and he literally is like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy her new dress." That's how she knows I've broken up with her. Yeah, it's like, oh, great! All of your interactions are transactional. They all involve money. You hate that women want you for your money, and yet you buy them off when you're done with them. Great! No, no, no! Stand up, romantic guy. Love it. Love it. Yeah, love this. Love this. Love this for the waitress who is obviously the person who he's going to be putting all of this emotions on. So then, Carrie, and this is the last time I'll refer to her as Carrie. Carrie is walking down the street after having been fired and Alexius comes out of his limo and is like, sup girl, I think you're hot. Let's go for a ride. Well, first he's like, why aren't you still at the, at the thing? And she was like, I got fired. And he's like, wait, what? Why? Like, <laughs> Fucking idiot. And she's like, oh, and he's like, get in my car. And she's like, I don't think your girlfriend would appreciate that. And he's like, girlfriend. I'm like, don't be fucking obtuse. You asshole. I know. And at first I thought this was going to be a book about gaslighting because of the way this conversation was going. But no, he's just being It is. Jerk. It is. The book gaslights us about Carrie. It does. It does. I cannot. Actually, it is about gaslighting. She gaslights herself all the time. All like the there's time. a point where he's like rude to her and she's like, oh, I'm upset. No, I'll just suck it up. And maybe I imagined it. I'm like, why the fuck? Why? Why any of this? And it gets know. worse. Readers, it gets so dark and so wait. unfun it's so unfun i cannot okay anyway so there was so there was a okay so at this point i'm going to refer to carrie as xanax <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> she is nothing 
she is. I I was like Miss Cardboardman. I yeah. I was like, is it Miss Cardboardman or Cardboard Woman? Cardboard Woman. Cardboard Woman. And I thought about calling her Cardboardman, Cardboard Woman, but honestly, Xanax because she had enough going on that she could like make comments. My favorite being okay. So there there was it her taste in the villa. No. Oh, okay. So uh, there is there's a trope in rich guy takes poor girl out, um, or or um, really smart guy takes maybe not sophisticated girl out, and it's always the opera. That is that is a huge thing in romance. Like, yes, like, yes, that this was trope amazing. Is hilarious, and in this book, it was perfectly done. So he takes her to. <laughs> Madam Butterfly. Madam Butterfly. And he's like, it's, you know, it's it's an acquired taste. And she's like, okay. Because <laughs> she's Xanax. She's like, okay. <laughs> she sits like, down and she's watching this and she's like, and I'll I'll tell, I'll, I'll get more into like the dynamics of their situation in a minute. But she watches it and she doesn't really particularly like it. And he asks her afterwards, how did you like it? She's like, nah, I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> But then immediately after that, deep emotions about it. Like she had deep thoughts. Does she share them? No. She has deep emotions. And she says, I didn't really like it. And then immediately after that, she's like, it's like the narrative is like, she felt like she disappointed him. Yeah. Who the fuck cares? He's he's, listen. He's, he's, I'm mad at him. I'm not as mad at him as I've been at other people, but I'm no. so mad at this book. Like the narrative of this book is Ugh. like, we're going to get into it, but it's like, who would want to, who would enjoy any of this? So much of the book was not fun. They hated each other for the latter 50% of the book and not in a fun, sexy way. No, th- th- this was literal loathing. It was. It was, it was crazy. And hardcore. Anyway, Sorry, keep going, Claire. So what's important is, so after he picks her up and they go out to dinner and have a great night of sex, he's like, I'm just going to take her around with me because I like having sex with her. And she doesn't talk a lot at all. So I like to keep her around. That is literally why he likes her. Mm -hmm. And she's, we don't, we do not get this from her at first. We do not, it takes forever for us to understand this. But like, she's just like, all right, I'll go. Uh, because it's a fantasy and I got nothing else to do with my life right now. So yeah, take me around the world and fuck me. That sounds yeah. great. And like, so, if that's what I had heard from her brain, she had looked at this handsome fucking rich guy who was just like, do you want to go on a sexcapade with me for as long as it takes? And she's just like, yeah, <laughs> I do. Right. And he's like, and I'm just going to pay you in dresses and gems and you might not be able to keep them it's kind of you know part of being social with me but we're gonna have fun on the way i'd be like yeah yeah totally right that sounds like hella fun (laughs) there's a point where they're on his private jet and she's like he looked busy so i'm not gonna talk to him i'm just content to sit here and stare out the window no there is a funny point where in the book he's like i like having her around what do we talk about and he thinks about this for two pages. He's like, oh, nothing. Because earlier he was <laughs> like, he didn't, 
<laughs> he was like, he didn't want to labor her with the very intelligent, heady topics that he knew about. He spared religious. her from having to know, to like give her opinions about things like art and culture and economics and well, government. He, and, he spared her, but also she seemed utterly uninterested. Like he'd go like, look at the art and she'd go, uh-huh. And then he, and he'd go, look at the government. Uh, and he'd uh-huh. be like, here's the history of Italy. Do you know anything about it? She'd go, uh. <laughs> <So> like, <laughs> no, I got nothing. <laughs> and he's like, great. This is awesome. This is working out. One of the most, one of the, and, and, it, and I was actually so happy it came back. This was one of the fucking funniest things. So at the very beginning of their relationship, at the very beginning, when they're just sitting down to dinner and he's like, so where are you from? And he blanks out immediately. He's like, I didn't really care where she was from. It's just something to say. <laughs> but it's very important because we find out she's from the very important British city of Marchester. Which does not exist. No. But it's so bizarre. It's like it's like this writer didn't want to say Manchester, but was fine with like what? London and Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> Could you, I mean, maybe, maybe the city of Manchester copyrighted the word Manchester. I think they. I think. She oh, I wanted, bet Man U did though. Manchester it's quite United. Possible. She wanted it to be Manchester, and then realized Manchester was not small. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Looked it up and went, "Oh shit, no!" It's there was also <laughs> a point where he was t- where we were with the 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 bitch from the art gallery. Um, he said like, oh, she was just like all the other women that he'd been with, blah, 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 in Oxbridge education. And I was like, fucking what? And I was like, oh, no, that is a thing that like how we say Ivy League schools, they say Oxbridge as in Oxford and Cambridge together. Yeah. But then I was like, but then there's Marchester. They, they just decide that Oxbridge is a fake school that this woman went to. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Whatever. Why not? Why not? We could just listen. Why? Why make up? certain things but not other things i have no idea but like in dumb ways it's like oh she was from the little village of like wellington green and we'd be like yeah sure that sounds like a tiny british town who the fuck cares if it's real or not but marchester sounds like manchester and i don't know why you did that yeah because it's one of the like three british towns that other people know about I know. I look. I was like. I mean, there could be a Marchester, right? I looked it up. There is not. There's not. There's. I also looked it up. I think there. I think there are some in the U.S., but not in the U.K. So anyway, they go on a very bland sexcapade for oh my God. the next like what? It feels like forever. It's like three months or something. Look. You know, he showers her with gifts. He's like super excited that she has no opinions on anything. And <laughs> she barely talks. <laughs> Ah, ah. Did you like dinner? Ah. Ah. You like your dress? Ah. Ah. And, and she'll literally like, and then he he takes her back to he takes her to Italy, and she's like having a good time, and she's like, and and at this point in the book, we finally get opinions from her, and only in her brain, and she's like, God, you know, all of this going places is kind of not fun. I'd really like to just be somewhere for a while, mm-hmm. and he's like, and she's like, Do you like your life? And I like that she just comes out and says that. Which again, on Xanax, people will say the most blunt things in the most bland way. <laughs> so, so she's like, "Do you like the way you're living?" And he's like, "What?" <laughs> because she's she, uh, voiced no opinions up to this point. And then she's like, "I mean, I mean, 
<laughs> and he's I like, imagine he basically took Xanax. It's like he drew a face on a balloon, put a wig on it, and then when he's like, what do you think, Carrie? He just like pulled the little thing. So it's just like... Burr. So they go to... Oh. They're in Italy. They go to see Madame Butterfly. And she's watching this and she's like, oh, this is a story about a woman who is um, a paid-for fun time who is treated poorly by the guy who's you know, doing that. That sounds familiar. That sounds like my life right now. Oh, and then she gets pregnant and she's sad about it. You know what? I'm never, I'm not going to overthink this. It's just, it makes me upset. <laughs> I'm not going to mention this ever again, even in my own brain. Yeah. Yeah. She shuts the thoughts down. She's <laughs> so like, I don't have time for this. I'm on a boat. Which also came to one of the funniest parts of the narrative where she's like, it troubled her all night until the next morning and it was gone. <laughs> until the next morning when he fucked her. I mean, God. it was so funny. And so then. Um, his mother is very controlling. Alexius, his mother is a very controlling, domineering woman, and she wants him to get married to a Greek heiress. Probably what we're led to assume is for all of the reasons why any rich woman would want her rich son to get married to another rich lady. So he, she's trying to set that up. So she invites him to come to dinner and he's like, I'm going to bring my girl and I'm going to dress her up like a fucking whore so that everybody could see I'm hanging out with a whore and would rather hang out with a whore than get married. And, and the thing is, too, he I'm sure if he had turned to Xanax and was just like, hey, I I'd love to bring you to dinner and just like be a little sexy and just like scare off my mom trying to marry me off. How do you feel about that? She probably would have been like, okay. Yeah. She but no, he fine. doesn't tell her. And in fact, later we find out he's like, oh, I expected it to all just go over your head. Like a human being cannot read emotions on another person's face, even when everybody's speaking in Greek. But she's like, oh, they're talking very loudly and their eyebrows are furrowed. They must be enjoying the wine. <sighs> like, what? But now is the time when we're in Xanax's brain more often and her Xanax is worn off. And she's starting to look around her and be like, why is everybody staring at me? <laughs> I'm the only one with my hair down. That's weird. I wanted to put my wrap on to cover up this cleavage. Alexia said no, and now I feel underdressed. Yeah, and she's like, mm, uncomfortable. So the next day she's by the pool. and she's But then like, she's British, so she's like, I suppose I'll just sit through dinner silently and make myself as small as possible. Which is what she does. Which is what she does. So, But she's been promised by Alexia that they're going to go out on a vacation and it was the funniest thing when she's like maybe we should settle down somewhere he's like oh you're right let's go somewhere else <laughs> <laughs> and she was just like oh perfect anyway so she's on the pool the next day she's got this teeny weenty bikini mostly because she's expecting nobody but alexius to see her and uh alexius is a shit-faced awful horror of a brother shows Half brother. up half brother and starts molesting her and calling her names and that is when carrie is like no get the fuck away from me and she slaps him and i yes. said good job girl 
Giannis is the brother. And he's like, oh, it's my brother's little bimbo. And they use, is it the word bimbo? They use bimbo a lot? Every time. As if it, as if it is the, the worst thing that you could call a person. Um, and this is what she says to him. And again, on Xanax, <laughs> this is the exact thing that somebody would say when they were done talking to somebody. Would you mind going back to wherever you came from? (laughs) (laughs) She says this to him and of course he doesn't listen. And he sort of spills the whole thing about what happened at dinner and like how. And the dynamic with the family. Right. And I mean how Alexis is just using her. And Xanax knows that. Xanax knows she's there for fun times. She's not oblivious to that. She also, this is the point I have to mention, she's just waiting for the summer to be over so that she can go back home because her dad died. So no, she no, had no, to no, go no, to London say, for don't the say, summer. Don't say, don't say, don't say, don't say. No, that's it. That's all we know at this point. Yeah, is yeah, yeah, yeah. Her dad died. So she has to go back to London or she has to go to London for the summer and she hates it. And she's ready to go back home at the end of the summer. We're not given any kind of reason. So obviously no she's just like, oh, I'm just going to do this for the summer. Yeah, sure. Fuck it. But then she gets wrapped into all this rich people drama where it's like, oh, yeah, Alexis's dad had an affair with some woman, knocked her up. That's where Giannis comes from. He left Alexis's mom. He married this other woman. She turns out she was terribly unhappy. They did rich people spiteful things where he like built a house for her on the property of their villa. So he's like, oh, I get to keep my my mistress around with me. Blah blah blah. It was a whole thing. Yada yada yada. And then later, I'm maybe spoiling this, but later the mom is like talks to Harry and is like. You'll be unhappy if you marry my son. Trust me. I speak from experience. Well, not my experience, but the bitch my husband left me for. She was terribly unhappy. And I'm like, how uninteresting that we don't get to talk to the woman who actually was affected by this. Oh, yeah. No, completely. Um, so at that point, things... Okay, so if you are a person who... Uh, has ever had a miscarriage and does not want to talk about miscarriages, you might want to skip to the end. <laughs> like, because we'll, it's miscarriages from here on out. We'll put a, we'll put a timestamp in the description. But it's just... Oh, so, Carrie, Xanax and Alexia start having a fight that night because uh, Alexis comes back and he's like, we gotta go. And she's like, you know what? Maybe I don't like being treated this way. And I feel, and then we don't get to hear about her feelings because she starts having sharp pains. And those sharp pains, like she's got, I got to go to the bathroom right now. She passes out in the bathroom. She's bleeding out, it seems. And when she wakes up, she's in a very bland room that is somewhere on the estate. He just decided to send her to the blandest of rooms in the estate. (laughs) So as not to further her hysteria by exciting her uterus with bright colors. (laughs) It was so dumb. I was like, you could have just kept her in the nice rooms. Why are... Anyway, has he didn't private, want to get blood in the nice rooms. I guess hasn't has a doctor. It was probably come. his mom's day room, and he's like, "This will cheese off my mom if I get my <laughs> my sex toy to bleed all over her furniture." I guess. Uh, so uh, she's having a miscarriage, and a doctor comes and says, "Well, it's possible that you're having a miscarriage. It may be like it's you know like it's close. You're still pregnant, and we don't get a lot of like. There's no ultrasound, so we don't." 
have a heartbeat moment or anything, which I think is to, which is the big hint that she is going to lose the baby. Like they're, the readers aren't going to like listening to the heartbeat and then it's over. Well, so, I mean, I, spoiler, spoiler, that's what we do. I don't want to read the fact that she's only there because she's potentially having a miscarriage and then they fucking hate each other. Yes. Uh, yeah. So this, this happened, this happens at 49% in and the rest of the book, they hate each other. Like it is such rough reading. Her miscarriage is profoundly bad for her. Mm -hmm. Like she didn't expect to get pregnant. She didn't want to get pregnant, but now like she doesn't not, not want the baby. But she doesn't really have any choices in this. And now she's got Madam Butterfly stuck in her head because she's, you know, never seen art before. And now she's just like, I'm fucking Madam Butterfly. So she doesn't want to have the baby and have it go to this rich guy who's going to steal it from her out of like, you know, privilege. And then it's going to live a loveless life away from her. She doesn't want to not have the baby. So like, she's just like, I got to get out of here. And like, uh like she's like this whole like and we're now in her brain and her brain is working full time now and but here's the thing a lot of it is like oh she built up walls so she doesn't have to feel feelings and she's staring at the walls of the room and and in those moments i'm like i understand this and like this feels genuine and it's also like interesting narratively but it it was so not different from how she was as a person before yeah. this started happening. This just like, oh, she's just going to continue to stare at things. Like, I don't, I, yeah. but she's like, oh, I'm sad. And I'm like, okay, how are you expressing that differently than just like continuing to stare at things, which is all you did beforehand? Not yet. Yeah, not at all. She does not express her emotions. And in fact, now she's refusing to. So before she was doing it because, you know, she <laughs> didn't. But now she's doing it because she's uh, angry, sad, she's, pissed. Because she's being British about it. And so and Alexis, Alexius like is like, talk to me, tell me anything at all. And she's like, she looks away from him all. And so now he's he's torn he's like well what you know, i'm gonna marry her so that like and then you know. we get to spend a couple chapters about how this affects his life and oh. his view of the world and what he's gonna do meanwhile xanax continues to stare at a wall i like so much of it was like oh my god i've become my father and all this family drama and what i'm gonna do and cycle of unlove and blah 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 and my life is over my life is ruined oh my god this is my fault oh my god and i'm just like i don't fucking care bro he goes to the mom and the mom's got machinations on machinations like okay well now you've got to marry her because that's the proper thing to do but then the mom goes to goes to xanax and is like hey i'll pay for you to have an abortion in switzerland like easy peasy no problem um or you can just stay here and finish it out which sounds like a bitch babe but anyway i'll give you five million dollars uh, if you want to get the abortion and xanax is like get the fuck out of my room and apparently I- that was a test and she passed yeah, we find out later she passed the test. She passed the rich person test. The 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 test that says she didn't she wasn't here for the money. She was here for love even though every other rich person is here for for, for money. Even but though she was never there for love. for love. None she of it was for love. for love. She was there for a fuck. She was there for a fuck and travel and like yeah. to clear up her board summer. Even though we didn't hear that from her. 
And like the whole time, anything we hear from Xanax in her brain is just, I want to get out. 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 And And at this point, it's like, why are we here? Why are we doing this? This is not enjoyable to read. I'm not having fun. I'm not. It's not like, oh, like, oh, they hate each other. But there's like the sexual tension or like, oh, they both feel they they are both obviously in love with each other, but they aren't talking about it because they don't think the other one's in love with them. And I, as the reader, am frustrated and I want that kind of like resolution. I want them to just fucking kiss or whatever. It's literally like these two people are miserable and never want to see each other ever again, but they're stuck together. Yeah. And, and it doesn't look like it's going towards anything other than that, other than maybe a, a loveless marriage. Why am I here? Why am I reading this book? Who is this for? I mean, Who, was... How is this a fantasy? Also, I have to say right off the bat, uh, I'm right off the bat, we're however many. Anyway, better by blackmail. There was no blackmail. There was no, there was blackmail. no blackmail. I don't. Is this is this whole series like twelve book series about women being miserable for half the book? Yeah, until I think somebody so. realizes they're in love. Why? Oh my so. god! I know it just it was for like and they were just so and like honestly like there's a moment where you can kind of feel for both of them that neither of them want to be there and they're both stuck and upset about yeah, it. This becomes a like. A tragedy. This is this, a tragic book. This becomes a, a multi This becomes a multi generational cycle of everything terrible family drama book. This isn't a romance anymore. I there's. Oh but God, it definitely it was wasn't miserable. well written enough for me to want to to read the tragedy one. No. I mean, I mean it's uh, anyway. So anyway, let's just, uh, so finally she finishes the miscarriage like um and any fleeting love emotions that they have for each other it's like fantasy ones it's where they're thinking about the possible babies they have like she's looking out at the ocean and she's seeing like the beach where she knows he grew up and knows he was a child on that beach and then thinks of him holding up their child and like this fantasy of him loving that child and wanting to hold it up and she starts to cry and be really upset because that's what she wants she would want that but she knows that's not what's real both because her baby has died and because that's not the man she knows he has the exact same fantasy which is i think where we're supposed to think there's romance no and but that's not that's not love that's no. just that's just the pain of a miscarriage. That's the pain of the what if that can't be anymore. That is mourning death. And it is very hard to read. <laughs> like because you cannot love the person you had a baby with and have those exact feelings. And like in this moment where we're talking about like abortion and you know abortion pills and you know losing children like people have very complicated emotions in the moment when they don't want their children but they but thankfully have a miscarriage so they don't have to worry about it or don't want children so so they have an abortion and even in those moments people have the complicated emotions of thinking about what would happen if i had this baby but that's part of the mourning process and that's not love. And showing this to me as if it is part of love, as if it like 
as somebody who went through a miscarriage, I was like, I cannot read this anymore. <laughs> and how fucking dare you? <laughs> and I was, oh, it was so hard and so awful. And so I skipped. I just like bloop, bloop, blooped, blooped, blooped through these pages because, and let me tell you what, from what I skimmed, you know, like very quickly would read, it was just more of the same, more of you angry, missed, more upset. You sad. missed nothing. You missed absolutely. She <sighs> moved from one room. She was moved from one room to another. He sat in his office, thought about how this affected his life so terribly. And that was about it. Also, he was like, well, I don't want to marry her and I don't want this kid what do I do? I'm like, dude, you're rich. Just pay her fucking child support. Just or like, ask her. Ask her. Ask yeah, her what too. she wants. That just too. Like, just and and like and he says to her, I will do anything. And instead of saying, What do you want me to do? And those are two no. entirely different sentences. No, my favorite part is he's like, What do you need? And she's like, I just want to go home to London. And he's like, and Okay. He's like, Not and then that. in his and then in his brain he's like, I'll take us to Corsica or wherever. And it's like he, he's like, She'll like that. I'm like, No, bro. She literally, she literally said just said that she wants to go home. And he's like, I know, I'll take her away from all this pain, all this familial pain and drama, and take her to some other place where she's trapped with me. Fuck off. I no. don't like it, okay. So, there are there are times when I read these books that I'm like, this isn't my thing, but I can see how people are in this thing, or like I don't like this fantasy, but I understand how this is a fantasy for people. I genuinely, genuinely do not understand why or how someone is supposed to enjoy reading this. Just about two miserable people in a romance novel? What? Oh, God, they were so miserable. Oh, it was um, terrible. So let's skip to she finally goes back to London. <laughs> and like... Ugh. She gets this dumb little apartment and she's looking around and she's like, "Ugh, this place is gross. And she's like, I was spoiled. <laughs> and I'm like, you were, but it's fine. And, and then she gets a letter. She's allowed to go home or can go home. And I don't really understand what happened there. I literally don't. I don't, I never will. And I don't care. Also, this is the point where listeners can come back in. Cause we won't mention it anymore. So, yeah. so like, She's finally so she then she goes back to Manham Ham Pamster wherever. <laughs> Manham Ham Pamster. Beautiful. Beautiful. Manham Ham Pamster upon Tyne. <laughs> and so then she like she's walking around, she's like, Oh, it's good to be home. I'm really glad. These streets are the best. And then we skip to Alexius, who is uh, in the throes of not understanding what it means to be heartbroken and trying to like, he's like, what are the pieces of this falling out of my chest? And, and, and then, like, and then it's like, oh shit, I'm in love with her. I'm like, no, you're when, when, when? had we any, and there's another part too. It's like towards the end of the whole bit where they were miserable together. It's like, and then he realized suddenly this 
profound thing. I'm like, do you know what would have been more fun if he'd been building to it over the course of them being trapped at the villa? Because then something would have been happening. Yeah, both of them. If both of them were like, if they learned more about each other because she was bedridden. Anything. And they had to talk to each other. Whatever. Anyway, so he's going to, so he confronts his mother. His mother tells him a whole bunch of stuff about how it was all a test. And then he learns like, oh, my mother's not so bad after all, even though I'm like, no, she's worse now. But whatever. (laughs) And so then he's like, I have to find her. And he's like, and she's like, find her with my blessing. And I'm like, whatever. So. And then he's like, and he's like, wait. He goes to London. She's not there. And he's like, oh, she probably went home. Fuck. Where did she say she was from? I went out of my way to not listen to her. So he has to like, he's like, man, ham, ham, stamp, stamp, stand, stand, stamp on, Sam, tam. (laughs) Marchester. He hires a bunch of detectives, and this is oh, that's this, right. This is a, not a scene that <laughs> happens in the book. I imagine this. he's going to the detectives. She went to Manham Ham Pam Samster. <laughs> no, ham Sandwich. Title. That sounds like a <laughs> dumb name you Brits would give your towns. Ham Sandwich. <laughs> and like my, fa- and then they're like could you just give us her name? And he's like, yes, Xanax. And they're like, last name. And he's like, um, no. <laughs> uh, I was like, um, wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. So oh, says, it's Richards. And they're yeah. like, oh, that's not helpful in England. Yeah, that's a very common name. And he's like, well, how big is England anyway? They're like, actually, it's pretty big. <laughs> so... Finally, he remembers the city she's from, and there's like three of them that three Richards there. Man, ham, 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 hamster, ham, ham, ham. So he he goes there, and he's just sort of wandering around. And there he finds her, and he, she's just like walking across the street. They're, yeah, they're at the the university bookstore. So, and I know this is important. So, Christine, go ahead and be on mic for this. <sighs> You need to be on mic. Okay, I'm here. So, so picture it. We're in ham, 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 hamster. Sure. I'm here. I'm hamster by the sea. <laughs> <laughs> these two, these two have a blowout argument and have actually are actually talking to each other more than they've talked to each other the entire book. Okay. And several things are spoken again and again, including which he says to her over and over. More or less, I don't care how dumb you are. I love you anyway. (laughs) To which she's just like, okay. (laughs) And she's like, are you sure? Are you sure that no matter what the differences between us are, you love me? And he's like, yes. And she goes, are you sure? And he goes, Yes. At which point a young woman comes up to her and says, Dr. Richards, your book order is waiting. No, no. She is a PhD in biology. Biochemistry. She has a PhD in biochemistry. Oh, my God. She's in the moment trying to cure fucking cancer. Stop it. (laughs) Yes. To which... The only thing I appreciated about any of Alexius's reactions ever is he's like, so what are you trying to call me stupid? (laughs) (laughs) Like, but I will say this is this tracks with what Neil often says. Straight women have to put up with a lot of shit from the straight men. I mean, like, look at this smart lady being dumb. 
for no, this dummy. But here's the thing. We spent time in her head and all of the time in her head was just the narrative Circus equivalent music. of <laughs> 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 this fun <laughs> twist that she and here's the thing. So her dad, who also worked at the university, died and she was waiting for to hear back about a fellowship so to make ends meet she went to london one of the most expensive cities in the world to get like waitressing gigs to save up money i don't know why she did that and then so it's this fun twist that this whole time she's a phd in biochemistry it wasn't a fun twist it was the biggest fuck you to the readers that i have come across in a very long time because she didn't think about any of that ever and the the narrative was very dan brown about and then she got the letter and then she knew she was going home i the writer i'm not telling you i'm being withholding from you what's in the letter and it gets me off because that's what i think clever writing is but we spent time in her head and instead of being like oh gosh that fellowship i'm worried about or like oh my god like I'm I'm so glad I'm on this vacation because I'm waiting to hear back about that or like anything related to science or anything. It was literally just 200 pages of I don't like opera. Yeah. I was furious. Flames on the side of I was so mad. It was the biggest oh. fuck you to a reader I have seen in a very long time. That it is was, really rude. And for the, the author to think that they're being coy is no, no, no. It was insane. And I was like, no, no, <laughs> never once. Also, why are you? Why would she? Why would she go to London of all places? I know. To like try and save up money. They're Go in, to Manchester. It's cheaper yeah, than Manchester. It's bigger than Manchester. <laughs> also, you live you live in a uni town. There are waitressing jobs there. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, the fact that a PhD may have to get a waitressing per- position while they're trying to like finish up stuff. No, I believe that completely. Totally Absolutely. buy that. Yes. 100%. Totally buy it. Yes. Absolutely. Um, that she'd go to London to do it? Nope. No. Not even. And not only that, it's very important. I want I want everybody to understand Julia James has never been a waitress. Because if Julia James had ever been a waiter, a server, or anything, would know that what Carrie was doing at the top of the book was being part of catering staff uh-huh. <laughs> for an event. And that is a completely different thing, my friend. <laughs> um, you don't get tips. <laughs> And, well, they don't get tips regardless. Oh, yeah, right, because it's the UK. Yeah. But also, like, those gigs are worse, <laughs> harder to come by sometimes, and weirder. No. So <laughs> it She would have made more money just, like, find a pub to work at. Yes. Like, work the afternoon shifts at a pub. If I remember correctly, you do tip at a pub. Just, like, a little bit. Not a yeah, lot, I mean, but a like, little bit. Yeah, I mean, just... Absolutely. Like, uh, and what I know about some pubs in the UK, it is not hard to work behind the bar at some of those. It's yeah. you like also, some pubs literally only serve three fucking drinks and you're just serving them as fast as you possibly can. The fact that she never once 
looked into like, okay, well, if I don't get this fellowship, what am I going to do? The fact that she was never looking at teaching jobs is insane to me. The other thing is like, I mean, it's summer, but also like the other thing is right. But that's when you look for the teaching jobs. You don't look for teaching jobs after the school year has already happened. No, but I mean, she needed money over the summer. Right. But also just planning ahead because she doesn't know she's getting this fellowship. So it's like, okay, I'll work this summer job, but also I'm applying to these schools to teach. I mean, and and this is the thing. This book just makes us ask more questions because it's like, wait, her father just died and he wasn't like well off, but he did okay. He must have left her some kind of inheritance. Also, why did she need to leave because he died? Like, uh, that didn't make any sense. So anyway, it was was because our writer was like, here's the type of person I want. Oh, Alexis would never be in Marchester. We need to get her to London somehow. No, he would never be in Hamstead, to Ham to Ham to Hamstand. Upon sea. Anyway, look, I don't <laughs> want to talk about this book anymore. <laughs> that was Greek Tycoon, Waitress Wife, Bedded by Blackmail, Book 11 by Julia James. <laughs> Are you ready? I'm ready? Are you ready? I'm ready? Let's play Fuck Mary, Fuck Mary, Fuck Mary, Fuck Mary, Kill. Let's play Fuck Mary, Kill. Fuck Mary, Kill. Fuck Mary, Kill. Fuck Mary, Kill. Are you ready? Fuck Mary, Kill. Okay, Claire. Yes. Are you ready? I am ready. Are you ready? I am ready. Would you like to go first, or would you like me to go first? I want you to go first this time. Okay. Um. Okay, Claire. Mm. Fuck Mary Kill. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alexis's mom, Monica, or Kenzie, who's Nina's friend. We didn't talk about her a lot. She was a bitch. She was like, everything's hard, so I'm just gonna go along with it and then get an SUV for my birthday or whatever. Right, right, right. Um. Okay. Well, look, look. I'm gonna marry Monica. uh, like we're talking about villains here we're talking about mommy dearest we're talking about how kitsch do we want to be if i was going to marry a drag queen and i wanted her persona to be one of these villainous villainous women it would be monica that's true (laughs) and so i have to marry her that's true (laughs) in which case like Alexius's mother, I'm gonna fuck her because she had her moments, but then the book wanted to give her a redemption arc, which I poo-poo about because give me my villains as villains. Give me my Monica's. Make them villainous all the way through. Fuck their redemption arc. Fuck them being better people deep down inside. I want them to slosh wine about and run us over in their Jaguars. Jaguars. <laughs> I think it was a it was a Tesla. It was a Tesla because yeah. it mentioned like it it warned her like how how fast she was going and it's like oh if you go faster but, you, but also you they, will probably run into somebody. They didn't hear it. They didn't hear it coming because it was silent. It was silent. Jaguar. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna so I'm gonna fuck Alexis's mom. Um who's Bernadette? What's her name? Bernadette? Bern, Bern, Bernice? Brent Brendita Ber- It wasn't Greek, whatever it was. It wasn't. Um, Let me see if I can find it. Uh and so I'm gonna kill Mackenzie just because she just or Kenzie Kenzie. Just cause yeah. she wasn't like she wasn't, you know, she was just a mess sort of villain. I think she was thrown in there like last it, minute for. It is Bernice. 
It is Bernice. The, the, the Greek beauty Bernice. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I'm not, I'm not particularly interested. Um, so I'll fuck Bernice, but she was a disappointment in the end and you mm-hmm. know, I don't really need a okay. lot, uh, Mackenzie or Kenzie. What's up? Okay. What do I Great. Go? I'm going to marry Bernice because then we can just not talk to each other and be at opposite ends of the villa. But then I still get to be in a nice villa and on a Greek Island mm. and we'll all, we'll, I'll have my pool boys. She'll have hers. It'll be fine. Yeah. It'll be fine. Um, I'm going to fuck Monica because I bet if you get her on the right combination of like tequila and, uh, party drugs, it would be fun. Yeah. And then I'm also going to kill Kenzie because she didn't need to be there. No. So, so much of that. So many people in that book were superfluous. No. Oh, and we, I didn't mention like, so the back cover mentions like the other p- people from the other books that you might like. Oh yeah. They show up at the epilogue and at are mentioned like, I'm so glad you're our best friends. And it was like, who? I said, yeah, it's like, oh, and her name was, um, Naomi something, something. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, you, you did the photography at our wedding and now we're besties. Yeah. Isn't that great? Like, who are you? Why are I, we talking to you? I d- you know what also the like the fact that at the end after that like Trevor's like I'm so glad that you have you have Naomi as a friend and Nina in her head is like yeah it's so nice to have another trans friend I'm like I'm sorry listen I don't want I cannot speak to the trans experience but I have to feel like you went out of your way to not find any trans people in, Sa- in, in Seattle, Seattle. Yeah. like what just like even in a liberal city like this I'm like yeah but there are other trans pe- there are other trans people at your school that you could hang out with what are you doing anyway yeah. um your turn claire um all right well um i'm gonna say neil yes fuck mary kill uh-huh. airline attendants okay servers mm-hmm. bartenders okay I want to fuck an airline attendant. Mm. <laughs> I have. It was a good time. <laughs> I have a couple times. They were good times. Um, but also, I don't. I don't necessarily want to be to be married to someone who just like is always gone all the time. You know, even though I'd get to fly for free. Anyway, stand by, stand by, probably. Yeah, but still. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna fuck a flight attendant. I'm gonna kill a server. Not because I want to. Um, and I'm going to marry a bartender, even though, like, I have a clear image of the bartender I want to marry in my brain. And I know that most bartenders are not that at all. And they're actually a little, a little much. Um, but I think, I think I'd enjoy it. I think it'd be fun. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to do. Um, yeah, I think I'm actually going to marry a flight attendant. That's fair. In large part because of their life-saving skills. Mm. Um, like, you know, they know stuff about stuff. Yeah. And, like, nothing nothing is quite so delicious as, like, a story about a flight attendant fuck, like just throwing the middle finger to somebody who deserves it. Yes. Oh, it feels so good. Absolutely. Um, and I think I'm also going to fuck a bartender. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to fuck a bartender. I think same thing. I think I have like an image in my head of that bartender 
and I know better mm-hmm. <laughs> for so many reasons. Oh, one of my favorite things. So the show, The Bear, um, which came out uh, last year and everybody was very excited about. It featured a very hot, you know, guy who's, you know, a chef at a restaurant. A lot of people on Twitter were like, uh, some of y'all have never dated line cooks and it's showing. <laughs> and as somebody who did work at a wait, work as a server at a restaurant where there was like line cooks, I will say, yeah, yeah, no, you don't really want you like, that's not a keeper guy all the time. <laughs> like, that's a lot of energy. <laughs> mm-hmm. They used to play a game in the kitchen called slap, which was, they would put the, they would put the spatula on the griddle for a long time so it'd get hot and then they'd slap their arm with it. <laughs> that was it. That was the whole fucking game. <laughs> Men are dumb. Anyway, so um, I'm also going to yes. kill a server just because like, ooh, working for that low of money and those tips is hard. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I have to say in my mind, oh, the bar- I, oh, that felt like really like a terrible thing to say. Like, I'm not going to to fuck or marry them because because they have no money. Like, that is no, not what I No, you're putting meant. them I mean, out of their, their misery. Their life is hard enough. I do not need to like... <laughs> No, 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 no. <laughs> you elite a snob. Probably. No. She owns property and all of a sudden she's looking down on the working class. I'm the rich. Go ahead and eat me. <laughs> <laughs> um, in my mind, the, the type of bartender that I want to marry is like a guy who owns like a little a little queer pub somewhere in the UK or something. Oh, yeah. <sighs> anyway, right. out of all the characters, Claire... Well, this is hard. <laughs> uh-huh. Um uh this is very hard. I Do guess you want I'm, me to go? I guess I'm going to fuck Trevor. Okay. Cuz I think he's he seems good, willing and game and that's nice. And he's also a nice man who is loaded and just wants to give away money to people he finds attractive. And, and he's a firefighter. Good. And he's a firefighter. So, yeah, so I'm going to I'm going to fuck him. Um, I think I'm going to marry. You know what? I am going to marry Monica for the exact same reasons I already stated. I want <laughs> because to in your mind, she's a drag queen. <laughs> no, I want to reward that kind of villainy. Great, great, like, great. Open hearted, just fucking cartoonish to the max. We're just great. giving Love it. it to her. Um, and I think I'm going to kill Xanax. Okay. I feel betrayed. Yeah, that's fair. She's a liar. I mean, fucking hell that book. (laughs) Right. Um, I'm also going to fuck Trevor. He seems like he'd be good at it. Um, I'm going to kill Giannis, which is Alexius's brother. Because his first instinct when he sees a woman is just is to just to start touching her ass and telling her that like oh when you're done with my brother you can fuck me, and then she's like get away from me and he's like no no it's fine you're his little bimbo anyway, I'm gonna kill that guy, and then I'm gonna marry. <laughs> I was sitting here I was like who of these books do I actually want to marry? We didn't talk about this character very much and it honestly does not matter or at all we didn't talk about this character at all but it does not matter. I'm gonna marry. Nina's guidance counselor at the community college. Oh yeah, 
just one scene where they were like, hey, listen, so your GPA has slid and you can't get that um, that uh, scholarship to UW that you wanted. But we have other options. There are other good schools that are probably a little cheaper. I'm willing to work with you. And in Nina's head, she's like, I really appreciate this. And I know I'm going to need to talk to this person about this later. I just can't right now because I'm so upset because I've wanted to go to the school forever. And and then the guy's counselor's like, are you sure? I'm here to help. I'm like, I'm going to marry that person. I'm going to marry that person. I don't even remember what gender there was. Never given a name. It does not matter. No. That's the only person Go in these two books that I want to marry. Go get him. <laughs> God, and the books, Claire? Uh, well, I am going to kill the Greek tycoon waitress wife. And mm-hmm. um, I am going to... Oh, it's hard. It's mm-hmm. so hard. Um, I'm going to fuck. Uh, best okay. served. Um, okay. Like, mostly just out of encouragement, I suppose. But also, like, there was some good stuff in it that I did appreciate. Um, and the last, like, it just condensed the shit in the middle. Just condensed the shit in the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm also going to kill Greek Tycoon Waitress Wife. Not only was it not fun to read, but that fuck you to the audience, to the, to the readers at the end. of just like, surprise, she was a PhD this whole time. No, she fucking wasn't. She was not. Anyway, f- I'm going to kill that book. I'm going to kill that book so much. Um, and uh, there were things I enjoyed about Best Served. And like, I do want to be encouraging, but I, I'm going to kill it. All right. It was like so much of it was just like... That last, um, like fifteen percent or whatever, with Monica and all the draw, all the telenovela shenanigans happening all at once that I absolutely loved, did not make up for the fifty percent of this book. That's like we had sex and then we went to IKEA and then we had a very adult conversation yeah. and then we had more sex and then we had lunch the next day. And then, like, telling me this information in some of the most poorly constructed sentences that I have seen in a very long time. I, I can't. I can't. I, I mean, I, I didn't. I want good things for this writer. I didn't yearn for their romance. No. Not like, even a little. Also, we didn't even talk about the fact she's 20 and he's 29. Yeah. And I that's, mean, that's, that's, that's. It's a, that's a big. That's, that's, that's icky to me. I, like there's a point where she's at the barbecue and she hasn't turned 21 yet and like somebody offers her a drink and in her head she's like oh yeah I don't want to like bring up the fact that I c- can't legally drink yet and I had forgotten how young she was at that sp- that point and I was just like skeeved out by it like oh god she's so young oh god I mean she turns 21 over the course of the book but still like 21 to 29 is a really big gap and I just oh I didn't appreciate it I know for like all the like the time jumps what would have been fun is if like yeah she took his money they got together they had like a one night stand like based on this money he was or a weekend or a a sex weekend and it was hot and it was Uh great and they had Uh a good time and Uh then she's like i want to go our separate ways i do not want to continue this anymore because i don't want to have feelings for you and i don't want this money stuff to get locked up in our feelings they go their separate ways for a while come back she's a full-on attorney now and they're meeting each other again 
more on equal terms and but the money stuff still weirds weirds her out a little bit like it's a part of her past she's a little ashamed about but she doesn't know how to be because it's the one time she did it she's all for sex work is work but it, it still skeeves her somehow and like like it's the it's a barrier to their romance but they're so fucking hot for each other mm-hmm. that'd be fun yeah yeah so that's not <laughs> what that was so i'm gonna kill it and then she used her law degree to get back at monica like, <laughs> well, I I do appreciate the I'm going to get revenge, but the person's already miserable trope. Like this person that I think has everything that I want is actually really miserable. I enjoy it. I also feel like it's a tool by the rich to placate the masses. Totally. Um. Totally. Anyway, I'm gonna, I'm going to kill the books. Um. Is it time for our favorite game? Favorite game. Christine, yes! Okay. So, one of these might give it away if you are uh, clever enough. But here we are. If I'm a secret PhD candidate in microbiology. I'm a bimbo. Not even a a PhD (laughs) candidate. She has her doctorates. Mm. Oh, she was waiting for a job offer or something? Yeah, she was getting a fellowship. Yeah. 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 Okay. I'm secretly that. <laughs> okay, good. Good, good, good. In biochemistry? Uh-huh. Yep, totally. <laughs> I didn't okay. almost fail uh chemistry in high school. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and bio, I almost very much failed bio. How did I I I did okay in bio. I didn't do great in chemistry, but I passed. I felt like they were literally not speaking English to me when we were in that <laughs> class and I was just like I, I see the words. I read the words in the book. My friends are really pulling for me. And I cannot understand the concepts in this class. And I, I do not understand what usefulness it would have for my life. And here I am. Correct. Anyway. Go <laughs> so on to my choices. <laughs> not choices. My hints. My clues. Yes. These are clues. These are not so choices. So the books we are reading are <laughs> Against the Dark. Undercover Associates Book One by Carolyn Crane and The Sunset Job, The Rainbows Seven Book One by Max Walker. Against the Dark. Is it something like Masons? (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) But I I always love where your where your head goes, Christine. I was thinking like storm chasers. Oh. Oh, that's fun. No. That'd be a good one. Yeah. Like an erotica version of Twister. Yes. yes. I was way too excited about that. <laughs> I, know. I know. I think that that maybe uh, Twister had some oh, no, influence on your part of Claire we unlocked. Yeah. Who's, your formative years when that movie came out. Who's, who's the lady in Twister? Helen Hunt. Oh, Helen Hunt. Oh, I love Helen Hunt. Sometimes I get her and um Laura Linney? Yes. Yes. Is it Laura Linney? Who's the other one? Laura Dern. No, I get Helen Hunt and Laura Dern mixed up in yeah. my head sometimes. Yeah, Laura Dern. Laura Dern was the one that was in Jurassic Park, right? Yes. Yeah, that's I get them confused. And Little Women. I apparently also get Laura Linney and Laura Dern confused. So. Because they have the the same first name. Yeah. Yes. They, they they give off a similar energy. I want Laura Linney and Laura Dern to be in like a buddy comedy together. Yes. Ooh. Or like a or like a um uh like a two-hander Shirley Valentine type of thing. 
Okay, I th- that sentence had words in it that I were not <laughs> computing to me. We're like they're they're women of a certain age who like get a, a new lease on life, like ah. like their husbands die or leave them or whatever, so they go off mm-hmm. to the Greek island. And Shirley Valentine, she goes to the Greek islands and falls in love with a younger man and like takes over oh. a restaurant, and like lives her best life. Um, so something like that where they like go off together and find new lives and yeah, blah, blah, perhaps blah. That's they become roommates in Miami. Yeah, yeah, that or I don't know if either of you saw uh, Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. I didn't. No. It looks cu- it looked cute, but I it's didn't see it's it. really it's really funny. I recommend it. Yeah. Anyway, okay, so back to the guessing. <laughs> I have forgotten the words, but they I was wrong about the titles. So, <sighs> say would again. you like the titles again? I would. Yes. Against the Dark, Undercover Associates, Book One by Carolyn Crane. And The Sunset Job, The Rainbows 7, Book 1 by Max Walker. So something about, I (laughs) want to say street light repair people. (laughs) (laughs) What a a niche. No, that is not it. That would be the nichiest book we have read. Like spies finding two of them would be impossible spies is kind of close spies is warmer um ambassadors no code breakers no thieves very close very 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 close cat burglars no very also very close it's it's not a type of person but a thing that's happening oh people who commit fraud like fraud in general or scammers no think about cat burglars what do they do they steal yes they they go on a (laughs) crime spree no They go a catwalk. When they case the joint, it's then considered a surveillance. No, a sting operation. No, <laughs> stalking. They stalk. No, do you give up? Yes. yes. A heist. Oh, <laughs> it's so obvious once you say it. <laughs> The theme is heist. <laughs> the thing that I thought would give it away is uh, Rainbows 7, which is oh, obviously up to Ocean's oh. 11. Yes. I was concentrating on the rainbows and the out <laughs> of the light. <laughs> <laughs> same, same. That's where I got the lamp lighter, lamp street light repair people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so our theme is heists, and I am so excited about it. Yeah. I okay. Love a, I love a that good sounds heist. great. I was I was like, have we done this yet? Surely we have. No. We have not. But I am reminded of our space opera heist book, which was so much fun. Yes. Um, I don't remember what it was called because that was like three and a half years ago or something. <laughs> anyway, um, so that's what's coming up. Yeah, I'm so excited. Yeah. Well, thank you, Claire. Thank you, Neil. Thank you, Christine. Thank you. Thank you, listeners. Thank you so much, mm-hmm. listeners. Obviously, we could do this without you, but that would be boring and dumb. It'd be weird, man. Um, 
you are some of our favorite people. Please, if you like what we do, rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, all of that stuff. And if you are able to, you know, like kick a little money our way, because unfortunately we live under capitalism and that means money is more important than people. Um, and we need it to like make art or whatever. Uh, FM, uh, patreon.com slash FMK lit pod. There is a link in the, in the description. You will need the whole URL. It's hard to find us on Patreon because we say dirty words. And just a shout out to my mom. We are recording this the day before her birthday. She is Happy birthday. one of our patrons. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. It's very hey. exciting. Um, and thank you authors. Thank you so much, authors. As we said at the top, we know we really should on these books sometimes. But we also know how hard you do it. Well, we know how <laughs> That's hard. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> we know how hard you work on these books. And we know how difficult it is to fight the algorithm to get people's eyes on it. And we hope we help out a little bit in that. And we hope that we've bought your books and other people will as well. So at least you'll have that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah and i guess um there's nothing else to say other than if you can do so safely and consensually and with your secret phd that you don't tell anyone about then you might as well keep, keep fucking, fucking.